dangerously close. Hey, what's up? It's me, Doug, host of My Views Are My Own podcast. Now, I'm not going to lie to you guys. This episode is going to be a little bit scarier than usual. But you know what I do when I'm scared? I leave a five-star rating or a nice review on a podcast app for a cool podcast like this one. So if you get scared, leave five stars or a nice review for me and this podcast. Heck, if you get really scared, you could share this on your social media or with a friend. That always helps me when I'm scared. Anyway, if you get really, really, really scared and you need to talk, you can contact me at myviewsaremyown.com or on Instagram at myviewsaremyown underscore podcast or on Twitter at myviews underscore podcast. Anyway, enjoy the interview. My guest today is Danny Moss. Danny Moss is a paranormal investigator and TV presenter from the United Kingdom. Danny is best known for hit TV shows, Paranormal Captured from Sky and Discovery Plus, as well as The Haunted Hunts on Amazon Prime. Danny has also appeared in a variety of other paranormal shows, including Unexplained, Caught on Camera, Search for the Truth, Celebrity Ghost Hunt, and Paranormal Lockdown United Kingdom. What's up, Danny? How's it going, Doug? Thanks very much for having me on. I am ecstatic to have you on the show. I was, uh, I just want to say one thing really quick, and that's uh, watching your show sometimes uh, is actually, I would say, is genuinely uh, frightening. Like, and I don't say that lightly. I'm not, I don't get scared by uh, a lot of scary movies, but there's certain certain things that I've been watching you do. You know, just doing your job, and I'm and I'm like, how's how is he doing this without like having a panic attack? <laughs> so, yeah, so uh, there's some some creepy locations over here. So I guess uh, I just uh, maybe I'm just saying that just so that uh, anyone listening at home that hasn't seen any of your of your shows or any of your investigations, uh, Danny goes out and finds some pretty scary stuff. Uh, if you don't mind, man, I want to just kick it off with like. One of the things that maybe I found kind of the most disturbing of something that you've done, uh, an investigation that I watched, and it it's called the Grace Doll. Is am I saying that correctly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, can you just explain what the Grace Doll is, how the investigation went, and maybe a little bit about how you stay calm while you're doing your job? Yeah, absolutely. So I think uh, the, the best way to describe myself is. Uh, maybe a skeptical investigator. So before I entered the paranormal, I was a complete non-believer in it. Um, but, you know, it's true what we say, isn't it? You know, seeing is believing. And I think it takes for people to have that one incredible moment of something they can't fully explain to then spark off their interest. And that's exactly what happened with me. Uh, so, I, you know, I spent many years in the paranormal investigating very strange cases, a real wide variety of stuff. But if you were to ask me before 2018, do I believe that uh, an object, an item can hold a spiritual attachment uh, and not just an energy form, but an intelligent spiritual attachment, I, I would have laughed at you without a doubt. Uh, yeah. I was so, so hell bent and skeptical that this was not 
a possibility. Uh, and then it happened. It happened to me. And it happened to many, many eyewitnesses at the same time who have followed this journey for the last five years. The Greystall is a normal item. Uh, there is no history behind it. Um, there's, there's no dark sort of things that have happened with it. We just used it as a trigger object to take to locations that we believe may possibly have, um, you know, the spirits of children in there. And we, we would use that as a, a tool to try and interact with children. Nothing ever happened with this item until one time we took it to a place called Nankluidy Dre. It's um, a place in, in North Wales here in the UK. And this place, to this day, is probably the most sinister location I have ever investigated. I had a group of 16 people in there and we watched as a crucifix necklace came up off the chest of a female investigator in front of everybody and was pulled off her chest. And I mean, for 16 people to witness that at the same time, it's not our imagination. You know, this is happening. This is real. Yeah. And that night, um, the grey stall was, was just placed on a chair and it was actually sat back in a, in a lent back position on this chair. And it flung forward and kind of did a somersault off the chair. <laughs> now we at the time we thought, you know, wow, this it's incredible poltergeist activity. You know, it's defied gravity the way it's come off of this chair. Yeah. But it was the three days after that event that things got very, very strange. And we started to notice very subtle movements with this item. Uh, until one day on the third day, we, we drew chalk around it and locked the office, came about the following morning and it had moved out of this chalk circle that we had drawn. And for the last five years, this case has baffled me. It's disturbed me. It's um, had a record number of eyewitness accounts over here in the UK. You know, hundreds and hundreds of people have seen this firsthand. A knocking phenomena coming from the box that contains it, the actual movement of the item, and these voices that come from within the item as, you know, not, not just through devices, not just as EVP, but also as DVP, direct voice phenomena. You, you hear it in real time coming from this item. Yeah. And it, it's just crazy. It's a, a crazy, crazy case that has completely changed the way I believe in things. Didn't you knock on the box yourself and it knocked back to you? Is that, I mean... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That happened in front of uh, a room full of 12 people as well. So 12 eyewitnesses were there and they saw it happen. And we got it on camera as well, obviously, which is what you've probably seen. Um, yeah. But yeah, that that's uh, that's a common occurrence. I mean, you seem like definitely like a calm, collected dude most of the time. Do you think maybe it helps a little bit having like 12 eyewitnesses to keep you from like running out of the building? Oh, man, a, I, I still wanted to run <laughs> <laughs> i wanted to I, that's the thing is uh watching some of this gray stall stuff i wanted to run uh, you know out of my own house and i'm just watching you on tv so that's why you know that's the whole reason i just the the very first question i was going to ask you was about this gray stall you know i guess hollywood has probably really ingrained in a lot of people like kind of a, a fear of a of the haunted doll like trope but this is the only, as far as I'm aware, the only, I'm, I'm not aware of any other like doll of this, of this sort or something that's this well known. Am I correct in that? 
Yeah, I, I think, you know, if you look at other cases, you know, uh, Zap Bagan's Haunted Museum is full of items. Uh, you know, people have different beliefs on and different opinions on, on what's going on there. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm not a believer still in haunted items. I think there's a lot of uh, gimmicks out there, a lot of um, false drama, if you like. But this thing is continuously providing evidence and not just hearsay. This is documented evidence caught on camera with eyewitnesses in the room with it. Yeah, I, I don't know of any other item in the world that is continuously providing the evidence that the thing, this thing is. And yeah, and, and you, like you said, you've got cameras, you've got audio equipment, you've got eyewitnesses. I mean, <laughs> there's a, a lot going on there. Uh, I wanted to like maybe just step back just one minute because you said uh, just just uh, a few moments ago that you started your career as a skeptic. And that was actually something I really wanted to get into is uh, saying, you know, that did you consider yourself a skeptic uh, when you first started? And how has that changed over time? Like, how how have you gone from kind of a uh, kind of a hard skeptic to, you know, to someone who's seen a lot of things and has become more open minded and uh, more of a believer in the paranormal? And also maybe. Sorry, I don't want this question to have 10 questions in it, but uh, maybe just just briefly a little bit of what the word paranormal does mean to you. Yeah, so if, firstly, I think it's important to know that because this experience happened to me at a young age, I was only 17 when this happened. I think before that, the only time I, I really recognized the word paranormal is probably uh, talks about UFOs, things like that. That, that was more of a a paranormal thing to me rather than than ghosts and hauntings we we grew up here in the early 2000s so i'm 33 now um the only paranormal show that was really out there on television it was very big here in the uk was was most haunted um which you know i, I i'm not a believer in it's 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 been proven a, a fake show shall we say that yeah um, but that that was my only real you know, I, I would tune in and watch that maybe and, and, and probably laugh at it in all honesty. Yeah. Um, but but then, you know, I had this experience and for me, you know, as a rational person, as a skeptical person, I found it very difficult to comprehend what I had witnessed and I, I couldn't let it drop. I had to, I had to try and find an answer and I couldn't find the answer for this thing that had happened to me. Um, you know, and it was witnessed with a friend of mine. We, we stood in a very, very normal house here in a normal town in the UK. And we heard the sound of somebody running up and down this empty staircase in front of us uh, six, seven times. And, and to this day, it's one of the best things I've ever seen because I remember the feeling that it gave me. But after that experience, I went on a very, very long journey exploring the paranormal and finding out what I find is um, legitimate and what I find to be not so legitimate. And, and there's a lot of lot not legitimate things out there. Um, yeah. And, and, that, and that is the paranormal in general, unfortunately. But I then was on a mission to try to do things very differently and target more of um, an audience and, and a custom base of people who were 50-50, but more on the sceptical side. Because yeah. I think you can 
give people that first experience or put them in a position to have that experience, then they would have had the same experience as me. And it may then sway their belief system. Now, I'm still very, very skeptical, very skeptical, but I'm skeptical of people more than anything. And I, I, I think... I can't class myself as a skeptic because I've seen things and I've captured things on camera that are just undeniable for me. And I do believe there are things out there. I, I do believe it's it's very, very possible, but it's a rare phenomena. And what's happened, you know, going back to with the Grace doll is one of the rarest types of phenomena to happen, I think. You know, but I, I have caught two full-bodied apparitions on camera. Um, I have had these given to imagery experts and, and, and videographers. I've had them run by parapsychologists, scientists. And, and it's very, very difficult to explain this. And for me, that now makes me a believer that there is things out there that we cannot explain at all. And yeah. if, if hauntings are that phenomena, then so be it. But like I said, I'm still very, very skeptical. And the word paranormal to me, it, it has to be rationality. You have to be rational all times and, and put your skeptical mindset into an investigation because then that, that rare occasion you do witness something legitimate, it makes it all the more credible. Yeah. I, I already forgot the name of it, but the, uh, the television show that you said uh, you watched as a, as a kid, the paranormal show, what was that called? Most Haunted. Most Haunted. It just for some reason that uh, that resonated with me because when I was a kid here in America, uh, the X Files was the show that got me the, into parent into really like being super interested in the paranormal. Of course, that's also the same thing as you know it's it's very more like UFOs, extraterrestrials, uh, things like telepathy, remote viewing, a lot of things that are part of government cover ups. A little bit less than uh, some of the things that are more spiritual, but the X Files I think got in, into that a little bit too. I don't know if it was this popular in the UK, but it doesn't hold up that great with a lot of the CGI and effects, but still holds up with great screenwriting. I'll say I was going to say, uh, speaking of skepticism, uh, I also like I personally I've witnessed uh, unexplainable phenomenon in my life, uh, but I'm skeptical of even my own senses sometimes and, and rightfully so. You know, I've I've think, you know, sometimes I'll think I see something out of the corner of my eye and, it, you know, <laughs> and, and it happens to everyone. But even something that seems very real, you know, you can you should be skeptical of your senses because uh, I'm going way down this track for too long. The point is, I was going to say that obviously technology is crucial to a paranormal investigation. What gear do you consider absolutely essential to performing uh, a valid paranormal investigation? Like, what, what do you have to have? Yeah. So, I, I mean, I, I fully agree with you what you're saying. Uh, a personal experience for me, although it may seem very real to people at the time, can never be considered to be hard evidence because it is a personal experience. And like you said, that you know, that the human brain is a very powerful tool. You can see something out of the corner of your eye, especially on investigations. If you're locked down till three, four o'clock in the morning, you're very tired. If you've been doing an investigation over two weeks straight, then that even, you know, amplifies that to the extreme. So I think for me, the, the biggest two uh, re reported uh, phenomena in the paranormal are audio and visual. So 
what what what's the best tool to capture audio and visual as many lots of cameras as possible and as many audio recording devices as possible so personally for me uh, i will absolutely um cram a location full of lots of cameras that will give me anything when it happens uh, motion detected um but real-time recording as well that we can watch on the screen as it's happening. Another technique I, I really like to use is I attach uh, high-powered Rode microphones uh, to Adobe Audition software. I then trail them out uh, via a H4 Zoom mic, something like that, trail them out into multiple areas of the locations that are obviously monitored by cameras at the same time. And then you can monitor and actively monitor the audio waveform to see if there are any spikes in the audio and you can immediately stop that and play it back in real time to find out what's happening there. And, and that's it that, you know, I think we need to separate ourselves and it, I'm not too sure what it's like over there in the U S but it's certainly over here in the UK. I do find a lot of people are still very trapped in a spiritual way of investigating. Um, yeah. they, they will use very old school, methods or what I term old school, things like uh, Ouija boards, table tipping, uh, the use of, of mediums. And, you know, I'm, I've worked with two very, very talented mediums, but I'm not a massive believer in mediumship in a general form. Um, but I, I think we are advancing, we, you know, technology is advancing. We need to use that and we need to move away from the human senses and this old school sort of way of investigating. I always say over here, the UK is very trapped in this most haunted era because it's all they've ever really seen on yeah. UK television over here and still thinking that orbs are a thing and they're not. You know, science has told us that orbs are not a thing. They are dust, insects, you know, manifestations that reflect off infrared. Yeah. It's, we need to advance ourselves as paranormal investigators and move on to a more modern and technical era to try to improve the field as a whole yeah and and just to like uh, i guess like buttress uh what you're saying about the importance of tech uh and going back to like maybe not being uh always able to rely on your senses obviously uh is also just human bias and it and it's a double-edged sword because you could have people that are skeptical on a on a level where they would refuse to hear any evidence it, uh, it, and like unless it is just proven beyond a shadow of a doubt in a empirical scientific method and even then their bias might be so strong that they're gonna just shut it out but also you're gonna have a problem too like i think you kind of touched on it a moment before too people that are believers that want to believe so bad that they are willing to accept what is not real evidence and they just have to believe that that is uh, an indicator of, of whatever the investigation may be. Let's just, but you know, whatever paranormal activity they believe that they're witnessing. If you show up and you and you bring your gear and you bring these things and you're like, like you said earlier with orbs or or sounds, you know, and you'd be like, okay, well, we, we know we set up five microphones, we isolated the sound. It's the sound of the house expanding. It's not an unnatural sound. And I think some people will just want to shut that out. They don't want to hear you. So. Like I said, double-edged sword with uh, human bias. Yeah, you're absolutely spot on. And, uh, you know, we are currently doing a show now for, for Amazon Prime, The Haunted Hunts. It's a, a new reboot on Amazon Prime. And 
I am absolutely determined to change the way people watch paranormal television. So we are being called into people's houses here in the UK. And this one particular case I'm dealing with, I probably shouldn't say this, but I'll give it you anyway. The, the, the lady, the homeowner, is so desperate for her house to be haunted that she is refusing to accept what is actually going on. She's walking around with a, a mobile phone. She's, you know, it's got a flash on it. She's seeing dust moving past and she's thinking it's orbs. She's then giving 90% of the things that she's telling me and, and telling my team is, oh, a medium said this and a medium told me this. A medium also told me this. You know, this is this is not evidence. This is This is hearsay and this is what mediums are telling her. Now, it's our job in this new show to go into these locations and we actively show it on camera how you debunk these scenarios. So yeah. we recreate it and, and it's a, a massive credit to the team I work with. Um, I've got two fabulous crew members on board called Nick and Alice who will then go and recreate the scenario. So they will turn on their mobile phone, they'll put the flash on, they'll go into the area that, that the reports are coming from and they will actively capture these dust anomalies moving across the lens of the mobile phone to prove that it is dust. Um, and, you know, we, we we lock ourselves down. We spend three, sometimes four weeks on a case to give ourselves the best opportunity to provide answers for these homeowners and educate them as well as to you cannot, you cannot believe the words of medium solely. You cannot yeah. take this footage and believe that this is, do you know where I'm coming from? It's, it's kind yeah. of, we have to help these guys and educate them because it's not their fault, but they don't know anything else because it's all they've ever seen. An orb to them, they've been led to believe is, is a manifestation of, of, uh, you know, of spirit of a haunting. And it's, it's simply not the case. Um, and, and that's that's my real goal at the moment is to try to change the way people view paranormal television, cut the drama, cut the entertainment, and and include a real, you know, analysis of what a paranormal investigation actually is, which is yeah. helping people find the the true answers. There are so many reasons why that's it's important. First of all, it's just, it's ethically important. It's uh, but also just using the scientific method and you're like, we're in, we're in here. You don't go in saying, I don't believe you. You're going in saying, I want to know what the truth is, whatever it may be. And what this also does, uh, an, I mean, maybe it's an unintended effect, but it's an extremely important and powerful effect is that when you go into a case uh, and if it happens to be when you, when you've, you've uh, investigated, you've used all your equipment, your scientific method, and you come away saying, I'm sorry, we found that the causes of the phenomenon that you're witnessing or experiencing, these are all natural and explainable, and it's, and it's not paranormal. When you do that, you lend so much more power to when, it's, when you have something like the Greystall, which is, com which is unexplainable, and your equipment is showing you all you know, but you have the motion sensors or the the cameras, the microphones, every you know the eyewitnesses, all that stuff. When that happens, you're like, hey, hey, this guy debunked something that wasn't 
that w- or you know explained something that was explainable and now we're showing something that is unexplainable and it lends so much more force to it and you know and that's why when i was watching it and watching the gray stall i was like I, you know, I wanted to turn off the TV and leave the room. I wanted to go like, I was like, I need to go to Disneyland and uh, cool out, man. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if you feel the same way about some of that stuff, but that's if that's kind of an unintended effect of the, the rigorous method. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it it, it is. You're right in what you're saying. It's, I think that's that's the reputation I've been trying to build here in the UK and uh, for a very long time is that. I will debunk stuff and I, I am known for debunking stuff and, and explaining stuff. Um, but then when real stuff happens, I get just as excited as, as all the huge believers out there because yeah, it, it's amazing. It, and if I can't explain it, then maybe somebody else can, you know, there, there are no experts in the paranormal. Absolutely not. But yeah. um, you know, there's, there's only experience and field experience and, in my personal experience, uh, I have been able to explain a lot of stuff that's gone on, but th- there are moments in my career so far that have absolutely uh, changed my my life completely and very, very exciting moments. I, I like uh, what you just said there, like that there's no experts in the paranormal because how could there be an expert on the unexplainable? It's like a, it's an oxymoron, <laughs> you know? Um, uh, you may have answered this uh, before, or maybe there's actually a different location, but you had said the, the location that you took the gray stall to and you got the most uh, kind of like poltergeist effects and stuff like that, that may be the place. But I'm just curious, uh, over the course of your career, is there a location that stands out as a place that had the most compelling evidence of paranormal activity? Yeah, so there, there are two places. Um, one, I'm very, very lucky to work uh, full-time that so. Um, I, I am actually a full-time paranormal investigator. This is my full-time job. Uh, it's what I do on a daily basis. Um, so I currently work at a place called My Haunted Hotel in Chester, which um, is a very historical city over here in the UK. It was actually destined to be the capital of England um, before before London was. But during the Roman occupation of England, uh, it was called Diva Victrix. It was a Roman fortress on the west coast of, of England here where I live. And this place uh, is 400 years old. It's an old inn built by um, timbers used off an old ship. And it is absolutely incredible. The, the things that are going on there right now are just undeniable. And um, for everybody over here in the UK, this is the number one location to go to at the moment. It's the most talked about place. Uh, it's featured in every news article you can imagine. Uh, it's even hit you guys over there in the New York Post. Um, but th- there is another location here that that I captured my first full-bodied apparition on camera, and it's a place called Pendle Hill, which is a very uh, rural area, very remote. Uh, in Lancashire, and it's the most, it's a place that, that, that's hosted the most famous and most documented uh, witch trials in English history, the Pendle Witches. Um, they're, they're known worldwide, the incredible case where uh, the accused were, were I, I would say falsely accused, were hanged at Lancaster um, in, in, in the 1600s. And 
we were given access to a place called Lower Wellhead Farm. And like all my investigations, I put cameras absolutely everywhere. And 43 minutes into a certain locked off camera footage, we captured uh, the apparition of something just walk right past the screen. And you can actually see the footstep like motion as well, this cloaked figure. Uh, wow. It was the most incredible <laughs> thing I I've ever seen. I actually cried when I realized um, because I was that overwhelmed by what it had what we had captured and for me it was the holy grail absolutely the holy grail there was no way of explaining it and it was a personally for me it was a, a very emotional moment because it's something i've been working towards for so many years um and to finally capture that moment was was amazing the uh the place in chester my haunted hotel Last summer, we captured uh, the second apparition that I've ever caught on camera. So currently in my haunted hotel, um, it's known as the world's most documented ongoing paranormal investigation. There are 24 cameras rolling 24-7 and weekly episodes go out every Sunday evening where paranormal investigators from all over the UK and the world as well. We've had uh, Americans here, Canadians here. Uh, people from New Zealand, Australia, um, they come and spend the night in this hotel. It's filmed all completely over the course of a week. And then what happened that week gets released on a Sunday night episode. And it is just unbelievable, the things that happened there. You know, 3,000 hours worth of footage from 24 cameras yeah. <laughs> in the course of a week is a lot to go through. But yeah. There are many, many hours that go by where absolutely nothing happens, but we capture the moments because it's constantly documented. And it just made me think that you guys over there have so many incredible locations that if someone could put cameras in those buildings and have them rolling for 24-7 and have a team of people to watch them 24-7 yeah. and have investigators come in, how much more evidence would that produce? And in terms of paranormal investigation in general, that's how I think we progress this field. I, I mean, I, I might be mixing up your shows, but I think I'm pretty much, I'm pretty sure this is the same one. Is this the location uh, where you had uh, night vision cameras in, I think it was the dining room and uh, one of the chairs, uh, a chair moves from the table. So you're, you're like in a completely different, you're, uh, I think you're with one of your producers. I'm not sure. It's one of your crew members and you're sitting there and you're like, I don't know how long you must've been watching the footage. It's, I mean, it's the patience you guys have is incredible, but you're watching and you're like, you're like, wait a second, did something just happen? And you go back and you isolate it. And uh, clearly one of the chairs gets pulled back from the table just a little bit, but there's no one in the room. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and captured on two different cameras as well. Yeah. Not only do we set the camera up, but we have another camera from another angle to back everything up as well. And th these cameras are, are full infrared. Uh, we have thermal imaging cameras in there as well. Yeah. Uh, something happened on Thursday night where a door closed by itself and we've got it on three different cameras. That's so <laughs> it, well, it's important because it's, it's made to um, hit a skeptical audience. So, a skeptic will always say, well, show me another camera angle to prove that there's no one behind the door or, yeah. or behind the chair or you haven't got a piece of string pulling the chair, things like that. Yeah. So it's very important to cover 
every <clears> single <throat> angle to to then rule out any any uh, accusations of fakery things like that not not that i would stand for that anyway but yeah it, what you're saying we, we sat in this control room and we just noticed it happen it was amazing but then we can play it back right there and then yeah it's cool too because yeah the, the uh the excitement is it's uh it's genuine you can you can see it through the tv because you're just you must i know like i said you must be a very patient dude but uh i i could see like in your eyes like when you're like wait a second did something happen and then when you guys were able to rewind the footage isolate the the chair that moved and then like and i also i just have to assume that in a, in a location like this like you said you've got people from all over the world and teams coming in uh it lends so much more credence to it as well because you're gonna have like people that come in that might might be just total hard skeptics they're gonna also like they're gonna go go to the chair you know and be like yeah no no that, that, this oh. is a this is a <laughs> what I was going to build on. Yeah. Um, you, you saying that's very interesting because we actually had uh, a guy who uh, actively goes to locations to debunk them yeah. on YouTube. Um, he, he's well known for it here in the UK. He goes out and he, he actively um, exposes fakery in the industry. Yeah. And he came to the hotel and actively held his hands up and say, "Fair play, guys. Uh, you're you're 100% legitimate." He checked every single crevice in the building, um, and and he, he found nothing. And he witnessed himself genuine paranormal activity. And that's very very important that we open the doors to scientists, skeptics, um, people who actively try to debunk, yeah. um, but do it in a fair way at the same time. You know, yeah. a, a biased way. Yeah, it's I mean, that's the thing is like uh, the the skeptics, the debunkers, they're welcome. Like you want them there because it only makes that with that chair move, it only makes it that much more special. Is knowing that you know, like you said, that guy that came, his entire career is trying to prove that that chair was moved by someone that was hiding, or that yeah, like you said, a string or some kind of crazy device. And it's like he came in and he's like, I didn't find anything. So when it happens, then also just the genuine excitement that you see in, in you and the crew i'm like that's not acting <laughs> like or or it's uh what, what's uh it's that's like oscar oscar level winning <laughs> I, I was gonna say yeah where, where's my oscar at <laughs> yeah where's your yeah if, if that excitement was fake man uh <laughs> um all right so uh just a moment ago you did mention that when you caught your first apparition on the film it had an emotional impact on you and I was going to ask, I mean, that's something I really wanted to ask is uh, any of these uh, instances of paranormal activity, if they've had an emotional impact on you and maybe like to kind of expand on that, like, what does it feel like, man? Is it like, is it a thrill? Is it a, I mean, I, you, I mean, you, you said it like it actually like brought tears to your eyes when you finally caught your first uh, full apparition on camera. Yeah. I mean, I think it would be the same in anything. So, you know, take someone who plays golf, for example, if they hit a hole in one, it's going to be an emotional moment for them, isn't it? Their first yeah. ever hole in one. Um, you know, I, I'd been building and working for a very long time for this moment. So to, to capture that and realize that it cannot be explained and it is genuine video evidence that, it was an amazing moment. So, of course, yeah, it, it did. It, it brought a tear to my eye. I was very, very excited. I think I made about 60, 70 phone calls in the space of an hour. Um, yeah. But, but, yeah, and and and, and that's, that's what 
as a paranormal investigator, that's what we work for. Is to you know the ultimate game is to capture the holy grail. Yeah. Um, but but apart from that, I am very very good at shutting off from my job. So uh, right now, as we record this, I'm, I'm having a, a double whiskey. I'm going to be hitting the town very shortly after this, and nice. and that's very important that it, you know I shut off from from the paranormal because I think if you get too involved in it it can really have an impact on your life. Um, yeah. And it's, it's not the nicest industry to be involved in either. There, there's a lot of uh, a lot of jealousy. There's a lot of um, trolling that goes on in the paranormal. And, and you know, that's the same for, for social media in general at the moment. So it is important that you separate yourself. And also, some of the cases that you deal with do have an emotional impact on, you know, you see a family that are genuinely scared of what's going on, or you come across a, um, a moment on one of these shows where, where somebody's involved and they have a, a, you know, a genuinely terrifying moment or an emotional moment. And that can then sort of stick with you for, for days afterwards. So it's important to just shut away and, and move on from that and then start fresh. I, I do find that a, a, a vital part of this job. Absolutely. I mean, and that goes for damn near every kind of job, man. You know, it's the, it's the uh, practice, you know, of just not bringing your work home with you. Just for all the reasons you said, the negativity on social social media, yeah, like, yeah trolls, jealousy, all that shit. And also just uh, your job can be a little bit frightening. <laughs> it's not the kind of thing you want to keep on your mind 24-7. So... Yeah, I've, that's, but I would say that's good advice for anyone, no matter what you do, man. You know, I have a very patient partner. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay, so you kind of brought this up a little bit earlier. This keeps happening, like things that uh, you bring them up, and then it's something that I, I wanted to talk about anyway. And this is you just mentioned America. Uh, there's a lot going on over here, and I don't know if you have any like maybe future plans or something you m might even consider doing, like a tour in America. But let's just say let's. To, you know, total hypothetical because it might even be something you're not allowed to talk about. I don't know, <laughs> but uh, if you could choose any locations in America uh, that you haven't been to for a paranormal investigation tour, uh, where would you choose? Yeah, so I'm I'm so happy you actually brought this up because um, I've not been to America since I was I think I was 11, or maybe 10 years old, and there was a stage in my life back in 2018 where I wanted to drop everything here in the UK and just come to live in America and just be in America. I, uh, I'm very, very fond of your country. And I, I, am I right in saying that you're from Nashville? Yeah, I'm in Nashville. Yeah, uh, absolutely. A, a bucket list place for me to go to, just because um, I, I'm, a, I'm a huge Chris Stapleton fan. I'm a Tennessee whiskey kind of guy. Uh, and to, to, to come over there and experience the music that, and the culture that you guys have over there would be a, a huge moment for me. And it's something I've wanted to do for a very long time. Uh, in terms of the actual paranormal over there, you know, th there is locations that you guys have got. And I, I think I think for, for us guys over here in the UK, we see some of your locations and we're like, we get very jealous and we're like, oh my God, yeah, I want to do that. And yeah. for you guys over there in the US, I think you guys get a little bit jealous about the history that we have here in the UK. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm absolutely of 
the understanding that the, the, the two of us should collaborate as much as possible and experience yeah. each other's um, locations as much as possible. I think uh, the Winchester house over there has always held a fascination for me. Absolutely. I would love to do that. Um, I, I'm not sure what you guys sort of, your opinions on the, the Warrens and, and their cases over there, but certainly uh, Harrisville Farmhouse, you know, the original Conjuring, it's somewhere I would have loved to, to investigate it and, and done a, a real thorough, proper investigation over there as well. Yeah. But I, I just think some of the old the old mining towns that you've got over there are just amazing to me. Like some of them are just completely abandoned and to have multiple buildings in in a, a very small town like that, to, to go over there and, and just have access to all those places would yeah. be incredible. And then, and then the, the big massive one for me is um, Skinwalker Ranch. Uh, what is, what is Skinwalker Ranch? The, the the whole um the UFO place. I'm unfamiliar. Oh, um, is it is it is it near like Area 51? Is it in Roswell? Is that is it is it? There's a there's a big show on it over here at the moment. I think it's on Discovery Plus as well. I think you guys have access to it. Is it's the one that's constantly being documented for um UFO phenomena over there. I just, there's always there's always just some huge gap in my knowledge <laughs> uh, but i will uh i'll absolutely look up skinwalker ranch uh after the podcast man because that first of all uh is it is it have anything to do with uh like indigenous people is that why it's called skinwalkers like because yeah the, that's a native american all, myth yeah there's all types of, of different phenomena going on over there but i think it's probably most famous for the ufo phenomena over there which um and had strange goings on actually in the in in the the ranch buildings over there, which it just fascinates me. Oh, what state is that in? I couldn't tell you. No, okay. It's it's a show I just watch over here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I, I it, won't, it won't be hard. Have... Yeah, it yeah. won't be hard for me to find out. All right, Skinwalker Ranch. Everybody, find out where it is. If you live in that state, go check it out. Tell me how. Tell me about it. <laughs> yeah, hey, and man, invite was... me over. <laughs> I was gonna say. Uh, you know, a, a twofer possibly that could happen because you said you uh you like the music here in Nashville. This is a this is a big party city, man. Uh, you could come here. You could do a, you could do a little bit of work, and also uh, we could have the after party. Uh, there's I just want to tell you about this place over here. Uh, it's in a town called Murfreesboro. It's like I'm gonna say it's about 60 miles from Nashville, so it's like a fast shoot like on the, on the freeway. You're there in easily there in 30 minutes. Uh, and then there's a battle from the Civil War. It was called the Stones River Battle, and I went, I went there. I've I've been there a bunch of times because it's like a bunch of like nice areas to ride my bike around. And uh, I used to live out there briefly, so I was just go for bike rides, and you know it's you know, it's uh, peaceful and scenic. But I was out there once on a real dreary day, and it's one of those things. I don't, you know, nothing uh, supernatural, paranormal really seemed to happen, but it was just the sense of it and i was like i I, a quick explanation uh what had happened there this battle was a complete massacre so the union army was able to surround the confederate army on all four sides in a valley in a kill box and so basically the confederates were were helpless and they were on the lower ground the union army had the higher ground cannons and uh rifles and they just fired 
cannons and rifles into this uh, valley for, I think, more than a day, maybe a couple of days, just killing just thousands of basically uh, trapped dudes and so much blood soaked into the ground that the Stones River churned red with blood. And this is all documented historical fact. If you go, there's all kinds of little museums around there and you can listen to uh, uh, recordings of uh, reading people's diaries, like soldiers' diaries, talking about what happened. That And that river ran red with blood for three days because there had so much blood had gotten into the groundwater because it was gallons and gallons and gallons and gallons because it was thousands and thousands of people. So obviously you might assume a, a place like that's going to have a little bit of uh <laughs> of a uh, of a vibe and i was there on the gloomiest day and i was just walking and just like like i said it's a peaceful place to go even though it is uh, a site of you know extreme terror but from you know from so long ago like 18 you know 60 probably i, I don't know the exact date and i was looking at this one tree in the distance cuz it was winter so all there's all the leaves were falling off the trees and i was like man what's up with that tree it it's, looks like it still has leaves on it it looks like it's still full and uh some kind of sound happened and the tree all the leaves started flapping and going up into the air they were vultures huge huge turkey vultures i don't know if you guys have them over there in the uk but a turkey vulture they're big man they're about 3 feet tall when they, you know, just standing on the ground, big ass birds and they're freaky as fuck. And there had to be 15 to 20 of these birds on that tree. And they all flapped up and flew away. And I was like, I'm getting out of here. I'm going home. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I don't, I don't know uh, how that lends itself to a paranormal investigation. Cause like I said, like, it was just, it was just a spooky day, you know, and, in a, and I saw just an unusual, uh, an un- unusual behavior for animals or i'm actually i'm not even sure if that's unusual maybe turkey vultures do that all the time but <laughs> but you know we could go to stones river you could set it up you know do uh some investigations and then we could hit nashville and throw the fuck down so yeah I- i'm not the- sure i'm not sure <laughs> i'd get any work done over there to be honest <laughs> the-, the invitation stands uh <laughs> danny man i gotta tell you dude we are dangerously close to the lightning round. The lightning round is the part of the podcast where I just ask you questions super fast. Don't take any time to think, man. Just gut reaction. You know, like just whatever first thing pops in your head. And uh, that's it, man. You ready to play? Cool. Let's do it. All right. Growing up, uh, who do you think inspired you the most to choose your career? Myself. Dope. That's a good answer. <laughs> All right. Uh, best book on the paranormal that you've read? Uh, Harry Price's uh, biography, one of the most uh, famous UK paranormal investigators. All right. Harry Price's biography. I got to write that down and I got to check it out. Let's say logistics are not a factor. You could go anywhere in the world, no matter how remote, to conduct an investigation. Where would you go? Guska Castle in um, Czechoslovakia. Could could you please repeat that, that name? Because I've... Is that a Czechoslovakian name? Uh, yes, Huska Castle. It's um, it's 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 right in the Czech Republic, uh, kind of around Dracula territory. Okay, cool. Transylvania. Uh, I know this is the lightning round, but would you tell me uh, just briefly what the hell is in Huska Castle? <laughs> a very famous old castle it has uh, upstairs a trap door 
that has an, uh, a drop which no one has ever seen the bottom of, and it's said to be the gate of hell. Oh, I've heard of that. I have heard of that. That is, oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. I want to go there, too, although I'm a little bit... Don't don't people like hear sounds coming out of the hole and shit? Like yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, my yeah, god, yeah. yeah. Crazy I've, place. I've got a buddy that's obsessed with that hole, man. I just didn't know it was inside of a castle. Okay. Uh moving on. Sorry. Lightning round. I I always slow down my own lightning rounds. Uh <laughs> All right. What movie would you say is the scariest movie that you've ever seen? Oh, uh, The Right with Anthony Hopkins. And I love Anthony Hopkins. He just like he brings scary to a movie. He certainly yeah. does, man. All right. Uh this one I'm actually super curious to know, man. I thought I think we just talked about it a little bit with the like decompartmentalization and you know, not bringing your work home. But how do you decompress after a particularly intense investigation? Uh live music bars, lots of alcohol, and a happy hangover over the following day. That sounds like a hey man, that sounds like a cure, dude, for a for an intense investigation. All right. Uh, do you have any interest in cryptids at all? And if so, uh, which ones? Uh, to, to, to describe cryptids, things like... Uh, oh, that would be like the like a chupacabra, uh, like Sasquatch. I mean, it's like uh, paranormal, like, like animals that no one's ever really yeah. been able to prove exist. Yeah. Um, high, kind of like hybrid animals. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I would say that, that that holds an interest, not something I would go into great depths of exploring, but yeah, certainly holds an interest. I do believe that there are things out there, but mainly ocean things. Oh, yeah. I, I believe in the oceans, yeah, definitely. I, I had to ask that simply because in America, cryptids are just freaking huge, man. And uh, I briefly stayed in a town. You've you've heard of the Mothman, I'm sure. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they had the move the movie, the Mothman prophecies with Richard Gere. I yeah. I stayed in that town where the Mothman lives, and a lot of a lot of locals took me to where the Mothman supposedly resides in the woods. And I was I'm gonna tell you, I was a little uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. No, I'm a, I'm a big fan of uh, Greg and Dana uh, and their their um, Hellier show. I've I haven't seen that. Yeah, check it out. It's a, it's a good one from, from from really cool investigators as well. Greg and Dana Newkirk. Cool, man. Yeah, dude, this has been a great podcast for me to like get new lists of new media to check out. Uh, <clears throat> all right, now this one, uh, obviously this is all speculation. There's no way we would know. But how prevalent do you think uh, paranormal research is in modern government defense budgets? We, we all know like the Nazis were dropping tons of money in resources yeah certainly with with ufo phenomena right now i think uh yeah yeah i, I think other planetary explanation uh, exploration and yeah ufo phenomena for me very big one but, uh, you know we all want answers definitely yeah yeah i would i would agree with you that probably like and i i just think of everything from this american standpoint so obviously i'm thinking like the u.s navy obviously those guys are trying to figure out what's up with these Tic Tac UFOs that they've really, you know, because re the Pentagon released the papers to us yeah. and, you know, it, they're like, yeah, they're real. We don't know what they are. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I would also agree like that some of that, like, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark type stuff is probably has gone by the wayside quite a bit. Yeah, no, I, I definitely, I definitely uh, think it deserves a, a big budget to, to explore what's going on because I think it holds the fascination of, of everybody in the world. Well, I would say, especially here in America, our uh, our defense budget is the largest defense budget. It, it's larger than like the next like 
something like 24 countries combined or something. I don't, I don't know the exact statistics, but it is like $800 billion. It's like, Hey guys, why don't you put a little bit of this into re- UFO research? Like, figure yeah. out what those are. <laughs> you guys just you just shot down a, a, a spy balloon from China, right? <laughs> I don't know what's going on with that. That is uh that is still so deeply in the world of conspiracy theories that I don't even want to touch it, man. I don't even want to, I don't even oh, know. I, I saw a video this morning of um, something <laughs> over Montana with a big explosion. I have no idea what's going on over that. The reason I don't want to speculate is because I could say something to you right now, and then tomorrow it's going to be a different story. So I'm Play I'm, safe. I like it. <laughs> I'm going to say I can neither confirm nor deny that I have any interest in this balloon. Danny, I got one last question for you, but it is the most important question of the podcast, man. Where can people find you, check you out, uh, social media, uh, where are your shows, like easiest ways to check out Haunted Hunts, like everything, uh, all the good stuff. Okay, yeah, so uh, I'll try to be as quick fire as this is possible. Um, I'm on Facebook, big on Facebook. Uh, Check out my page, Danny Moss or Daniel Moss. They're both very active. I'm on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, The Haunted Hunts is on Amazon Prime, but there's a reboot of the show happening. Uh, It's coming this spring. Uh, The old show is no longer available on Prime, but people will still see it in the listings. Don't know why Amazon do that. Um, YouTube, for anyone who doesn't want to subscribe to things, Free viewing, uh, check out My Haunted Hotel. Uh, Paranormal Captured, I believe, is on Discovery Plus over there in the US. It's not over here in the UK. It's on a different platform called Sky TV. Uh, yeah, there's um, in, got quite a bit in the pipeline this year. So just keep an eye out. Follow me on social media. I'm probably one of the most interactive investigators out there. I'll post everything, constant updates, uh, and just come and say hi. Hell yeah. And uh, I do want to say, man, I know that you're in the middle of filming right now and you took the time to uh, work things around and still be able to meet up with me for this podcast, even though you had to be on set on the uh, on the day that we were first talking about. And and I just appreciate you being flexible, taking the time and making this happen, man. So uh, thank you so, so much for being here, Danny. Oh, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. And um, hopefully we'll catch up again soon. Hell yeah.